All right, folks, uh, Brooke Lurie here, and I am excited to let you know that our book is uh, just continuing to do wildly well. No, your book. Your book. You wrote yourself. Thank you. But you know what? Wait, hold on. You reviewed the very first draft uh, of this book, and I, Atheism Kills, right? And you gave many good suggestions, but I will say right here and now, because I've been asked to review the first draft of books too. You are a martyr. You are to be blessed. You are to be honored. It is very hard to review the first draft of any book. It's painful because, you, first of all, you know that it's going to be changed dramatically later on anyway. So the changes that you propose are going to be maybe moot uh, in, in many cases and uh, will be overrun in any in any event, in, in many other cases. So... Anyway, kudos to you. Well, to to your credit, about seven-eighths of the book is my writing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. Jeez Louise. I was about to give you some credit about a couple things. (laughs) And he goes all the way. No, that's not correct. I will will stop you right now. To give you credit, you had been, I think this is actually relevant for the audience. You had been talking about this book for some time, and I knew you were working on it. And so the first draft that you produced for your friends and, you know, uh, inner circle, the inner sanctum of the Holy of Holies to review, was in quite good shape. I've read a lot of first drafts, too, and they're much more like in, incoherent pamphlets from a weird cult. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, Yours was actually a book. Yeah. It, 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 and it, in the form that it, that it was in, if you had just released typos and all of that first draft, it would have still been a decent book because your points were cogent and still there. So, you know, right. you deserve 99% of everything. Well, I, I really – look, I, and I don't want to talk too much more, but I just I want to say this in passing. Uh, first of all, thanks for your, your input and your thoughts. You helped rearrange some ideas. You, you helped point out some redundancies. I, you know, me, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I, I'm close to a perfectionist. I want to make uh, my ideas zing as much as possible and to be as powerful as possible. And you helped there in a, in a very big way. Um, and I think I quoted you at least once in the book about a, a concept. The oh, Whetstone yeah, I read comment, that. Right? I read that part over and over again. That's great. <laughs> Page 110, yes, yes. and Kills. <laughs> right, right, line 42, yeah. Right, uh, soft yeah. cover 216. Uh, anyway, uh, so, so you get the idea. But look, it's still doing so well, this book, and it's resonating. Uh, and I'm very proud of it. Um, of course, I'm going out and marketing and giving speeches, but I enjoy that part, and it just keeps on popping. Uh, yeah, and it will for some yeah. time because this subject matter, I believe, is uh, you know the, the problem that I think you have is you wrote something and you're really the first guy to lay a, a flag in the territory of that something. So it's not like a developed area of thought where people go, oh, and here's Barack Lurie's take on this something we're familiar with. It's an entirely new way of thinking about atheism, which right. is what's so brilliant about it. And as a result, some people just kind of haven't been ready for it the way they are on other conservative thought subjects. But the good news about that is, in a way, it's kind of like a rolling release that's going to constantly be happening over and over again right. as more and more people come to this conclusion that you point out that's so profound, that this is the basis of 90% of the problems we have in our society. Yeah, I would say about 90%. That's right. I, I agree with that, that percentage. Um, from raising children to dealing with technology to uh, fighting dictatorships uh, to, to you know improving the lot of our lives, generally speaking, atheism is a destructive force. It kills, um, and and in many ways, I look. I've always loved marketing, and I was a marketing major in business school. And one of the things they teach you about marketing is don't reinvent stuff. Don't you know, you and I could develop music right now, uh, assuming that we can learn how to play guitar and otherwise, but that would sound very similar to the Beatles. We could do that, right? We can fashion our music that sounds similar. We'll never be as creative. Right. Love me, boo. I want to hold your foot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't like need that. help, you know. <laughs> right. We, we, we would, you know, we can model it after certain things, and it would be different enough so there wouldn't be any copyright violations. Right. For Sergeant Salt's pit Okay. Band. We get the idea. <laughs> yeah. Get the idea. You, you're running with this a little too far. <laughs> I'm this. Seriously, I think I could do this. <laughs> so the point is that you could 
you could copy, you can mimic these songs enough, but and yet, and they would be different enough. Let's say, like you said, I want to hold your hand, a song that is close enough to it uh, that kind of evokes a Beatleish feel, but it's not that same song, no copyright problem. Uh, and yet, people wouldn't buy it, and the reason the people wouldn't buy it is that it's not new, it's not different. Part of the reason why the Beatles succeeded so well is not just because they gave music that was pleasant to hear, but because it was so different, right? It, it busted out of the mindset of the time, musically at least. And that, that is the joy of the Beatles, this sense of novelty, this, this newness that's breaking through, right? And I, I think anybody will, will agree with that phrase. And uh, likewise with other music that you like, uh, you know, t um, Dark Side of the Moon, The Who, in some way or another, these, these musical entities were different. They offered something different, Led Zeppelin and so forth. And likewise, in the, the notion of ideas. Karl Marx, as much as we hate him, he offered up a new idea called communism or Marxism, at the very least. And it was very novel, and people glommed onto it. Now, so, and I'm emphasizing the point that it can be for good or for bad. So here I am coming with this idea uh, of, of atheism, the destructive nature of it. And it's not that I want to just kind of present something new for the sake of presenting something new. It's something that has always been burning in me, this notion that atheism is a destructive force. And I realized uh, as I was writing the book and I was talking to people that people have not been thinking this way. They just think, they have been thinking, well, you know, atheism, that's just what I think, you know. I just don't believe in God. You can believe in God. You know, let's just, you know, respect each other and uh, be, uh, be different and accept each other's differences. Thank you very much. And of course, they're right. We, I'm, not, I'm not espousing going about killing atheists. Of course not. Um, you know, it is a free country after all. You can believe whatever you want to believe. You can believe that elephants control the, the world uh, in reality somehow. Uh, you'd be wrong, but you can believe it. And so, uh, but my, my notion is that atheism, and I've always felt this, is super destructive. The reason why I know is because I used to be an atheist. I know the mindset of an atheist, um, at least an intellectually honest atheist. And I know how it destroys everything. And it even destroys you from within. Your whole soul collapses in the process. So it's new. It's different. I had no idea. And when I presented Atheism Kills, I thought, you know, I'm just kind of amassing this concept together. And Different, you know, different research points and coming up with a theory to galvanize this basic notion of, for example, you, liberalism. If we were to argue why liberalism fails, we could we could put together a bunch of different things and we could packages a, a different way, right? Just like California Pizza Kitchen packages food a certain way, right? And they have their Thai chicken pizza and their signature dishes and such like that. But you know, when you think about it, it's just packaging. It's just you know they mix cheese and cilantro and, and peanuts and chicken and, and, and dough together in such a way that they have a, sell, a sellable item. That's all. It's just putting words together in, in, for a book, the same thing, or ideas in my concept. But I discovered how different this is. This is not just packaging concepts together to make things more clear. It's to bring out a very big, important notion. Atheism kills, my friends. It's... it's um, you know, to say that it's not destructive and not recognizing its destructive nature is like the way we used to think about asbestos or lead-based paint, right? You, you were surrounded by it, not realizing that those two things were killing you, right? Or damaging you very significantly. That's the way it is with atheism. You embrace atheism and your culture, your civilization will die. There you go. All right. Well, enough about that. I went way, way further than I thought, but it is doing very well. I'm, I'm so pl pleased about it. Thank you to our listeners for supporting the book. Thank you for people who are reading this book and uh, espousing the different ideas. All right. Uh, I want to talk about technology today because uh, I'm reading this great book by, called, uh, by the way called World Without Mind. I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit, uh, but it triggers a whole bunch of different thoughts. And one of them is this notion that you can have great science, and science will be the explainer of everything, right? Uh, 
if we just crunch the numbers, if we just understand science better, well, then we can, we can study humans and we can answer all things. In reality, of course, Google, Facebook, Apple, um, what's the other one? Amazon. Uh, they're all, of course, just searching for business control, monopoly control, one way or the other. They, they want the money. I don't blame them. It's a capitalist society, and I respect them. They're offering goods, but somehow they've elevated themselves. They, they fancy themselves to be little gods. Have you noticed that? No, I think they I, I disagree entirely. I think they fancy themselves as quite big gods. Mm. And I don't think, I think the problem with those four edify is that they no longer want dumb money. They want power. Yeah. And once a business is no longer thinking about money, that business is doomed, I'm happy to say. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with you. I think that Google can can only last so long. Maybe it's ten years from now. Uh, I mean, or, you know, look at uh, look at IBM. People worried about the the conquest that IBM would would have of the entire world, right? Even the movie Two Thousand One talked about how IBM was going to overtake uh, the world through the how. You know that that's the algorithm, not the algorithm, but the acronym. You know, every letter off is yeah. H A L is, is IBM. Yeah, one letter off. One letter off. Um, and that was the fear. But, of course, IBM is not – it's not a meaningless entity right now, but it's not it's, it's not, not Google. It yeah, right. <laughs> Nowhere close to it. And likewise, people said the same thing about Microsoft, right? But now Microsoft, well, you know. Yeah, they're in recession, you should you Yeah, say. as it were. Right. I still use yeah. Microsoft Word, but, you know, they're an important organization. Bill Gates is, of course, is an immensely wealthy man, but that's not the point. The point is that Microsoft is not the giant monopoly that it was – Supposedly feared to be. Yeah, this is not. This is they're going the way of U.S. Steel or Sears. Right. You know, companies that you don't even think of anymore. That's right. They they come and they go. And likewise with AOL. Right. AOL right. was. I mean, they bought up Time, for example. I mean, it was AOL Time Warner. Remember? And then until that fell apart as well. They both fell apart. Time Warner. Time Warner too. Um, so AOL still still exists among you know those people who are seventy years old or older, but. It's uh, it's not a meaningless enterprise. Uh, it's not a meaningful enterprise anymore, and so it will be with Google at some point. They 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 engage in this hubris that they can do all things and be all things to all people, right? And and in much the same way that you can't fool all the people all the time, you cannot be all things to all people. And this I know, and this you know, and pride goeth before the fall, as they say. And look, uh, kudos to these, these incredibly bright minds. But being incredibly bright doesn't mean that you will always be incredibly right all the time either. It's funny that we know their future better than they know their own future. They envision that they will completely take over all markets of all kinds. And, and there, are, there are causes to be concerned, and we can talk about that in a moment. But in reality, we should look at them in the same way that we look at our children, right? You know with your beautiful young daughters, you know that they have a certain future. You don't know the specifics, but you know, you know for example... I've planned out all the specifics. <laughs> you know that one day they'll fall in love with some, some nice boy, right? Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll get married. And such. You know that they'll be driving. You know about their concerns. They'll learn about, you know, the, the evils of the world at the same time. You know a lot of things about their future that they don't know. They themselves don't know. It's interesting, right? And likewise, I think that we know, you and I, know about Google. We here in this small little law office of mine uh, with this, you know, fairly with successful 8, 000, podcast. With your 8,000 employees and the <laughs> yeah. 40 floors of a century city yes, tower that your you firm takes up. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. All, all <laughs> yes, that, right? So all that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, but with, with, with this, you know, very successful podcast, but at the same time, you know, not the biggest podcast. We're not the Ben Shapiro podcast, No, we're for just example. the best. Yeah. We're just, we, we are the best. Thank you. That's all I'm asking. Acknowledge that we're the best. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so here with, with our little podcast, we know the future of what's going to happen with Google and Amazon and otherwise, right? The, it, they'll, they'll succeed. They'll become like IBM. They'll become like Microsoft at some point. There'll be another upstart that will do things differently. They'll offer a different package. And it's so funny. It's like the, 
that famous article from a New York Times columnist, I think, um, called The End of History. Do you remember this? When the Soviet Union collapsed, th there was this notion that, okay, now we're done with history, this notion of history. Now we just go forward and uh, build, make nice houses for everyone, and everyone's going to be great. Right. It was, it was the height of irony yes. in, in this way, particularly for me. You and I know and talked about, and you, listeners are familiar with our Year Zero podcast, so where we've talked about that over yes. and over again. Yeah. And the whole aim of communism is return the world to Year Zero. So communism falls, and what does the New York Times write? We've reached Year Zero. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, it's yes, yeah, right? such a good point. It's effectively saying that we reached Year Zero, uh, and it was it, it was hysterical in its own way. And then all of us said, okay. <laughs> Trust us, there's going to be a lot more history. And, and in fact, if we don't accept that there's going to be a lot more history, that new history will be even more horrific than the previous history that we've had. So be cautious. Now, um, I, to I told you before about, uh, we would get to the point of, of things to be caused, uh, sorry, the concerns that we have regarding Amazon and uh, yeah, not Yahoo. Yeah, Yahoo's the, a good big, example of the big things companies. That fall. The, yeah, big, the big companies. five big technological yeah, companies. The right presently now. five big companies, right? Amazon, Google, Apple, and so forth. Um, the, um, and Facebook. One of the things that really fascinates me is this notion that they think, and all of them will, will say this, that they are studying the human mind and the way we look into things. And therefore, we can make the world a better place because with all the likes and the clicks and everything else, we can decide what you want and you don't have to do any more thinking. You know, thinking oh, is a... Oh, thank God for that. <clears throat> right. Thinking is a burden. That's the inherent concept and problem, I think, of the Amazon, Google, and so forth mindset. Here's what you are actually looking for. In the same way that Steve Jobs said, don't, don't listen to what the people tell you that they want. Deliver a product for them and tell them that they want this, right? And there's some wisdom to that, right? You, yeah, yeah, but you, he's Steve Jobs. Yeah, that's that a guy thing. talked directly to God. Right. And God talked directly to him. <laughs> I know it because uh, I've seen the product. Right. That guy's different. These nincompoops, Mark Zuckerberg, not talking to God. No, he, well, exactly right. <laughs> right. No, and, and, and in fairness to Steve Jobs, he offered a product that they didn't realize how convenient it would be for them, okay? So in a sense, he's saying, I'm telling you what you want, but, but this is different. Right. This is that they're mining information, and they, in their mind, they think that they can figure out humankind, and, and that there's no free will in this, in this concept. That's there's right. just nothing about that. You are just simply the product of your desires and impulses and everything else that came before you, right? It's a very deterministic approach to it. That's the cause for concern I have about that. Now, here's the great news. They'll never get it right. They just can't. They think they can study humans like you can study, that you and I can study locusts, right? We, we know what locusts will do, right? Every seven years, I think, they hibernate or whatever, and then, boom, they, they come out, and there's a, there's a pattern. And, you know, I, I think it's a God-inspired you know, pattern, uh, but it's, it's instinctive, it's biological, right. it's geometric, In other words, whatever. They're insects. We're human. Right. We're different. Oh, 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 I just made a distinction. How dare I? Right, right, right. right. So, but, but it's interesting. That's, you know, the, the great dictators of, of history, including the present ones, always try to turn their own citizenry into insects. Yes. And so these oligarchs of the technological realm also have this idea that if we could just turn these free-thinking, distinction-making human beings into insects, all will be solved. Well, there you go. That, and that's my point. That's exactly my point. And I'm glad you got there uh, around the time that I wanted to get there. there. There is... I'm not saying that these leaders are, in fact, dictators, but they think like dictators. They think of us, uh, we human beings, as though we are subjects to be, um, to be manipulated. And that's fine. They can think that all, the, all day long if they want. But in reality, they, they have no idea of the humanity within us all. So, yeah, well, I, one quick note, because I think it's relevant. Mark Zuckerberg, ironically, fancies himself 
as Alexander the Great. He actually thinks he's the great Macedonian emperor. Oh, that's To the funny. point where he's been watching movies like and showing them to the the hierarchy of Facebook, movies like Troy and uh, Alexander, uh, as if these terrible knockoff real Roman and Greek emperor, empire and As- Macedonian movies are relevant or even right. good movies. Right. But that's what kind of megalomaniac he's become. Right, right. He right. doesn't understand. When you run a company, you are a servant. You work for the customers. Now, oh, that's so funny. Now, it's ironic that this man runs a company in which the customers don't pay anything other than give up their data for him. So maybe that's why his, his idea of the market economy is so skewed. But he is exactly like a Kim Jong-il. Yeah, I mean, I, look, that's the problem is that they, they want to – they have this mentality toward their subjects – uh, meaning everyone, <laughs> everyone, um, uh, in the same way that dictators uh, look at their people. So, and my favorite—I always say my favorite dictator. That doesn't—it's not a good phrase, uh, but just the most intriguing dictator uh, in history for me is a little one known as Ceausescu and his wife Elena, and they were this kind of mom-and-pop dictatorship that worked together to... They thought that uh, the, the, the citizenry loved them, just loved them. And they demanded, of course, the media to, you know, refer to them as, you know, practically like gods and, and that should capitalize the, the pronouns whenever referring to Ceausescu and his wife, right? So it was a cult personality sort of thing. And then they began to believe what the media was saying back at them. The, the very things that they ordered the media to say they began to believe themselves to the point that when the revolution did happen in 1989 and they were killed, I think it was 1989, uh, they, they had a, a you know, kangaroo trial court. It lasted about an hour. I'm surprised it even lasted that long. And then uh, the soldiers drew star- straws as to who would, would have the blank <laughs> uh, rifle. They all wanted to, to kill these people. And... They, they were so shocked, the Ceausescu's. How could you do this? We loved you like a, like a mother and like parents. You know, and they were truly shocked. It never dawned on them that these people that they were, they were ruling over were actually people that had their own sense of free will, that they had their own direction for their own lives, that they had their own aspirations, that they, they wanted to self-actualize in the same way that the Ceausescu's did, that they didn't like being slaves. That's what they never got. And I think the basis of, of the world, the late uh, Steve Jobs, uh, the Jimmy, not Jimmy Page, Larry Page of, uh, of the worlds, and, and even to a lesser extent the Bill Gates of the world, they failed to see that, yes, people like goodies. Yes, people like comforts. Yes, people like things at, you know, with greater conveniences. Absolutely. But they also have minds of their own that you cannot predict them like you can predict locusts, to use my example. Uh, you can't even predict them. You can't even treat them the same way you might treat chimpanzees, which are infinitely more complex than locusts, of course. Humans are different. We have our own aspirations. The best you can do, Mr. Bezos, Mr. Page, and Mr. Gates, and Call so them forth. by their first name, Larry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeffrey, and Mark, and Mark, of Mark. Course. The or best, as, you, as I call him, Zuck the Schmuck. Please, the best you can do is sell a good product at a good price. Okay, don't try to tell us that you're changing our world for us. You're making things more convenient. Granted, that's it. Okay, but you're not gods. Okay, no more than the Ceausescu's were gods. No more than Stalin was a god. No more than Hitler was a god. And I don't say that you're trying to kill everyone, of course not. But your mentality is like a dictator who fails to understand that the people that they rule, ruled over are human beings. That's the difference. And, I, and it's shocking to me that they don't get this. They, they believe in a singularity that just doesn't exist. Now, here, here's another point that's very related as you know, you've, you've heard about this, the algorithms, right? Everything's an algorithm. And the notion that you can get information, uh, and from whatever you want, you'll, you'll get the information that you want. Um, and in this book, World Without Mind, they have a very good analogy, which is, you know, data 
is like a victim under torture. It will tell you whatever you want it to say, <laughs> right? Uh, under pressure. So, you know, it, there, there's meaningless data, and there's also data that you can manipulate in a way that will get, you know, get you to from point A to point B. So if you want to say, for example, that all people uh, really have a certain sexual proclivity, or that, for example, sexuality is, is, uh, is amorphous and there are 57 genders or whatever, you can find data to support that. You can, you can manipulate the data to support that. And we know this. You know, they do it all the time. You have the slightest bit of a nuance in your algorithm, and boom, you get what you want. You define certain terms the way you want to, boom, you can get I know this. I, I, know, I know programming quite well. I'm, I'm very, I have a logical mind. I have a very programming type mind that I, I know how to format these things. And you can change things very easily. And the best example of that, by the way, is global warming, right? I mean, these are, this is a computer-based modeling. It's, this is not as if people have gone out and say, you know what, this is my personal observation based upon what I recorded myself and here's where it is. And no, it's, it's computer modeling of, of, of the way things are going to be. So you have humans who are doing these, these algorithms, and it gets the result that they want. Strange, right? And, and so, look, all you have to do is just change a little something. Like you make one assumption that's different. Say, for example, the barometric, barometric pressure is X instead of X plus 2, right? Uh, and all of a sudden, your whole world changes. So they don't tell you on the global warming scale about all the... That the assumptions that they're making. These are computer models. So by definition, there are assumptions being made. And so you have the expression garbage in, garbage out, right? You, you want it to say something, you can make it say that something, okay? I can prove, uh, I don't know, that you are a thief, um, Ari, if I, if I choose to. I, I will focus on all those facts uh, and, and follow you throughout the day and, and somehow present ideas, the idea that you're a thief. If I just follow you around enough, long enough, and I edit things pretty well. This is the same thing in movies, right? You can, or, or news documentaries. You can follow somebody around and make him look like a thief, like a hero, like a coward, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, like a murderer, uh, like an embezzler, like a rapist. You can do anything just by following around a person on any given day, and or as a mean person, as a kind person, whatever. It's, it's, these, are, these are human decisions that are being made. And this is the nature of algorithms, uh, that, and that's why I bring it up, because algorithms only take you so far. Now, going back to this notion of, of uh, the godlike status that so many of these um, founders and co-founders and such of Google and, and Apple and otherwise... They really, look, it's, it's wonderful that they believe that they can change the world, okay? They can't, but they, it's wonderful that they believe it. And really, at best, and, I, and frankly, I hope that they do this, I hope that they are doing it purely as a marketing ploy, okay? If, if they, for example, Apple did the famous Think Different campaign, right? Is it Think Differently or Think Different, but whatever. They, they, uh, they, they, marched that out, and it was very successful. But I think that was mostly a marketing campaign. It made people think that by glomming onto this Apple product that they would be participating. It was a self-congratulatory sort of mode, right? But that's no different than, than a perfume um, campaign saying that if you, if you wear this perfume or if you wear this cologne, that you'll be more sexy, right? It's an association game. So, look, I mean, buying an Apple product, they can't say that you'll be more sexy, but they can tell you that if you buy this product and use it, you're thinking differently. You are a better person. Your mind must be more creative. So I, I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem is, is when they start to, be, to begin to believe their own BS, right? <laughs> their own marketing campaign that they're actually affecting it. In that sense, they're no different than the Ceausescu's of the world, right? Where they, they demand the world that they believe their own marketing blitz. That's, that's where they get into trouble. Um, and, I, and I think we, we're facing a lot of this from these founders. 
Less so from Je Jeff Bezos, by the way. I, I think that he's... Um, Are you kidding? No, I'm not he kidding. He bought the Washington Post as a propaganda. Are the guys, he's now putting um, speakers and microphones in everyone's house. Oh, I... I, I mean, I, they're, they're, they're all terrible. I, I have a question for you, and I mean this quite seriously. Who's a worse person, Kim Jong-un or Mark Zuckerberg, and why? Okay, now let's go back to Jeff Bezos. I, I disagree with you because um, Jeff Bezos, unlike uh, Google and YouTube, I put them together for a reason, uh, and unlike um, uh, Facebook, I, you know, so far I don't see any meaningful evidence that he's actually withholding um, information, that he's withholding products, um, that he's withholding books for that matter. I mean, I, I just, I published my book, you know, Atheism Kills, and there's a lot of conservative commentary in it. Um, and I, I don't. I, I think it was actually advanced very nicely by Amazon. I, it's a it's a bestseller on Amazon, thanks to Amazon and such. So they had the opportunity to squa to, to squash it. They didn't do it. Um, I, and I, frankly, I see other books that are out there. Dinesh D'Souza's book, Dennis Prager's book, and Coulter's book. They're they're all being sold on Amazon, and they're being and they're major bestsellers. So I, look with respect. I, I I understand what you're saying. You're saying that they're interested in having your privacy uh, taken and no no i'm actually saying something quite different the thing i'm saying is that amazon is not in the social networking business that has the opportunity to change governments the way twitter or facebook or apple are okay and apple you might say is in a uh, device business but they control this thing called the the app store and there are certain apps they keep out in order to uh, basically further the censorship aims of major stakeholders in the app store. Right, and right. we can get and drill that down in a moment, but I think we need to focus on Zuckerberg for a moment. And this is an important question. Who's a worse person, Zuckerberg or Kim Jong-un, and why? Make arguments for and against. Right. And he's, I think I've been thinking a lot about this, and I'll tell you my thoughts, and I think it will be a very interesting conclusion for oh, you. Oh, I think, I think you and I will agree that Zuckerberg, the, the argument can be made that he's a worse person. Why? Because he purports to be somebody who is operating democratically in an open-fashioned way, uh, whereas when it comes to Kim Jong-un, um, we all know that he's a dictator, and he cannot pretend otherwise, and we don't... You know, you know, we we don't hear his rantings and his uh, speechifying uh, on a daily basis. His people do certainly, but that doesn't mean that they actually believe what he has to say. They also lead miserable lives. Mark Zuckerberg, by contrast, um, lives in a free society, has uh, profited from the free society that has now delivered him the internet that he uses, uh, without which he he would be nobody, at least not Facebook would be anything, and so Facebook thrives because of it. But it's these little hints of uh, the taking out information, uh, and he campaigns. I know he campaigned for Hillary, um, and, and notwithstanding his efforts, uh, Hillary still lost. But nevertheless, he, he made a major push for it, all under the veneer of being equal and having a neutral platform. So I think that's far more dangerous. I agree. And what does what is the very worst thing? Pick one thing. What's the very worst thing Kim Jong Un does? That's the very worst thing. Suppresses his people and kills them. And in what way? The, the, Imprisons the gulags. them, uh, gulags. Okay, uh, now, because I think that, tortures leads, them. that leads me to a very important follow-up question. Why does he do it? He wants to, uh, to ensure, to maintain his power. I, uh, partially. Why does he do it? There's a very specific answer. Uh, okay, money, wealth, now, power. What? It's because ahead. this is very important that we're absolutely clear on this because it sets up the analogy to Zuckerberg that I think is laser clear. Here's the, the reason. I hate rhetorical the reason like that uh, Kim Jong Un does exactly what he does, the way he does it to his people, is because he knows that if he doesn't, he is sitting on a country full of people who would rip him the flesh off his bones this second. He is. He is in absolute mortal danger of dying an agonizing death. And he knows it. Every dictator, okay, so, as we've so, discussed. Yeah, yeah. What makes Zuckerberg so much worse than Un, in my opinion, is he's under no such threat. As he said, he lives in a... A lot of this is obvious. That's what's so beautiful about him. He lives in a free society. He has no motivations 
in the realm of self-preservation and avoiding agonizing torture to behave the way he does. He behaves the way he does entirely out of his own below. To curtail the way he, he behaves. Yes. And furthermore, he's, he imposes censorship on the American audience of his product at the behest of the Chinese government for, if you will, access to the Chinese market. And the perfect connection to Kim Jong-un, that's somewhat ancillary, but is there, is that if the Chinese, if it were not for the Chinese government, Un would not survive as the leader of Korea. Furthermore, the very product that Zuckerberg has created, the brilliant, beautiful Facebook, and it is a brilliant, beautiful communications tool, is the exact kind of software tool that has the that serves the exact purpose of freeing people through the communication of free flow of information, which can bring down tyrannical governments if, if the product is allowed to function the way it should. Right. Well, Both we, in, in America by ensuring free and fair elections, but the reason his, his company has to do what it does for access to that precious Chinese market is because the, chi- the Chinese government knows the same thing would happen to their dictators if a company like Facebook or Twitter or whatever were allowed to flourish. Right, okay. Bezos doesn't create right, such so, a product. Yeah, I, I agree. Bezos doesn't do it, but whatever. So, I mean, I don't create such a product either, so he's not really in the realm of this discussion then in that particular... Exactly. Instance. But Zuckerberg, uh, and this is we, we've said this time and time again, the devil always wears a tie. Right, so or Zuckerberg's case, a T-shirt that's right. too fit, that's tightly fitting to show that he's been at the gym. <laughs> All right. So the point is that he can walk, he can walk about the street not, not only unmolested, but he he will walk uh, celebrated by the people that he. They don't even realize that he's given them enough rope to, with which to hang themselves, so to speak, and uh, you know he's slowly manipulating society, uh, and. and I guess the question, not question, the point is that with these dictators, in much the same way that Ceausescu and Stalin and all, and, and one day, God willing, uh, Kim Jong-un or his uh, descendants <clears throat> will eventually suffer, they all come down at the end of the day. Why? Because uh, people power or the fact that people just, just don't want to be slaves, they don't like being tortured, as it turns out, and the jig is up at some point. Now we talked about this earlier on this very podcast, where we were, where Microsoft didn't, uh, you know, acquire the the power that it wanted. IBM certainly didn't. AOL certainly didn't. Uh, there, there's only so much you can do, at least in a in a society, even even in a dictatorship. You, there's only so much you can acquire. So at the end of the day, you do have to respond, and you have to understand that you're there are other people in in power. There are other people that uh, want to bring you down. There are other people have a, who have a say in the way things operate. Mark Zuckerberg, he's young, uh, he's naive, he's extremely bright. There's no doubt about it. But it doesn't mean that he's bright in everything, right? You can be brilliant in some areas, and you can be really stupid in others. Uh, I, you know, I, I think I'm very good in statistics, for example. I'm really, really bright in that, and I, I, I would know how to program. I have a very logical mind, like I've said before. But uh, when it comes to fashion sense... <laughs> Uh, and even some financials. I, I'm, I'm kind of challenged, I would say. I'm not good at that. But there are many things that I'm good at, many things that I'm bad at. And Mark Zuckerberg is no exception. He cannot be everything to everybody, for one thing, and he cannot be brilliant in every area. Yeah, I think that's one of the marks of the megalomaniacal mindset, is it's the kind of person who cannot admit, hey, you know, I'm bad at sewing. That's right. I'm going to leave that to someone else. Right. I'm bad at this. I'm bad at that. I'll leave those to someone yeah. else. Or the really smart person says, who has, uh, you know, the, the Ronald Reagan thing, you, it's, uh, it's, there's no saying what you can achieve if you don't care who gets the credit. They right. know to hire, if you want a piano player, you hire Elton John. Right. You want there, a guitar you player, you hire Eric Clapton. Yeah, you, you don't, don't pretend try. to be those people. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and Mark Zuckerberg, what will bring Facebook down? And, and it will come down. Uh, eventually, it's, it'll be it'll, it won't be like MySpace, which is just doesn't exist anymore. But it'll it'll still have its presence. But at the end of the day, it will no longer be the sole platform. You know, I, I don't. I, more and more people that I speak to, um, you know, yes, they use Facebook, but I don't think it's the essential tool that Facebook wants it to believe of itself. I mean, I, I could live without Facebook, no problem at all, right? 
Um, I could do a lot of things with that Facebook. I understand from a business standpoint, if you want to market, you know, yes, it's helpful to have uh, Facebook, but you, you don't really need it for your marketing purposes. There are many other avenues through Google and otherwise. That's another story. Um, so for Mark Zuckerberg to think that he can somehow have such a hold on society, he's got another thing coming. And like you pointed out in this recent article, I think it was a 24% of people, sorry, People are using Facebook 24% less. less and they're daily less, daily. It's 24% less, less time, time on it. Which is a lot. That's a ton. That's a ton. That's of, a worse fall than the than the NFL ratings and the Oscar ratings. Right. I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, 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 that really is bad. I mean, it, you know, at least, even during the days of National Choir and, and uh, Cosmopolitan or whatever it is, whatever floated your boat back then, you still... You know, if you if you are a Cosmo reader, not that I was, but I, I, Cosmo was obviously very popular. You would always get those magazines, and you would constantly. It's not as if you would drop your your readership reading of it by twenty four percent. You always got it right until the internet came along and changed everything. But nevertheless, you always got it. Same thing with Newsweek. Same thing. It's it, it was the thing to do. Now people are just saying, you know what? I don't know that I, I could spend my time better elsewhere. Yeah, I'll sure. I'll check out Facebook. Yeah, still, and but those not as words, often. that phrase. Say that again. <laughs> I can, I, I can get out my information no, elsewhere. No, say it exactly the way you said. I can spend my time better elsewhere. That's right. That is the worst thing anyone <laughs> could say yes. for any company on the internet. Yes, it, it, it is. That's death. Yeah, that's, that's death right there. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And I, I think where this goes is is such a wonderful place because if you take someone like Kim Jong Un or you take America. America, we have this wonderful revolving door built-in system of changing our leaders. Right. Thank God, right? And notice when you have a leader like Barack H. Obama, things go sucky. And you bring in a more conservative leader like uh, Donald Trump, things get better. Lesson, behave conservatively in your government and the country flourishes. Right. Same true in real life, obviously. If you behave According to liberal policy and precedent, your life is going to suck. Right. You behave more conservatively within reason of possibility because it's hard to live totally biblically, obviously. Right. Your life magically gets better. Is it, is it uh, a fact that God looks down at you and just blesses you? Maybe. Right. But it's more an answer of pragmatism that conservatism works. Similarly, if Kim Jong-un meets with Donald Trump in the coming weeks or whatever, and let's just say, let's just hypothetically say, Donald Trump gives it the little Kim a talking to, and Kim goes, ah, oh, you're right, I should have had a V8. You know what? I'm going to start running my country for the next five years, my, my next five-year communist plan. I'm going to do, I would WWRD. What would Reagan do, Right. North Korea would start to flourish in five years. Of course it would. Okay? So so the point is, conservatism works. If Facebook or Twitter started acting like a conservative company and said, you know what, diversity of thought, diversity of information, the only thing we're going to censor are truly violent, um, acute threats, a direct threat from one person to another that is reported through our system. We're not going to have any algorithms, uh, you know, messing with anything. You post it, people see it, let the cream rise of ideas and phrases and comedy and jokes to the top, the company would flourish. Right. And you know what? Everyone would spend 25% more time on Facebook than before. Right. It, it, and they know that it's a legitimate uh, website that allows people to flourish their ideas, to express themselves, and that there is no inhibition going on. That's great. Yeah. That, that really is good. Uh, but as, as it turns out, that's not the case. What's no, happening? Because they have the agenda. They have an agenda. Yeah. And to the extent they have an agenda, it always falls apart. These people realize, or sorry, they actually believe that they can achieve something called singularity, this notion that they will bring out the best in humankind without the foibles of things like free will, right? Because <laughs> we, we have already figured out for you what's best for you, uh, because you, you've kind of told us by way of your likes and dislikes. So now we know, and uh, everyone's going to fall in line. Yeah, at 4.20, so, you'll get high. At 5 p.m., you'll have a drink. Right. At 6 o'clock, you'll have and, and protected never, and, sex and with never, a droid. Yeah, and never mind, <laughs> never mind that the majority, you know, they, they totally forget the notion of the minority, the, the, yeah. the, right of, the rights of the minority, right? So only majority rules. This is kind of crazy, right? This, they totally forget. That's the whole point of democracy. It's not just that the more, the, the rule, 
the concept is the majority wins on the a particular issue. On the That's direction. What right. Yes. The, the rule is not majority gets to destroy everyone else, right? Yes. And to wipe it all out like the Genesis Project in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Right. It's not like that. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> they they think that that's what it's like, right? But it, but it ain't. elections have consequences. That's right. John, remember? Yeah. Oh, right. I yeah. love that one. Yeah. So uh, you know, we, we get to kill you all or something. That's just yeah. it's it's madness. That is uh, what is it? Might makes right, as they say. So this is a major foible in the in in the formulaic uh, thinking of of uh, Facebook in particular. But they believe this singularity that they can. They can free people from their own intentions, their own free will. There's no need for choice anymore. They actually believe this because they know better. And they perceive themselves, particularly Mark Zuckerberg, particularly him, uh, to, to have all the answers, you know, because he's, he's so, you know, he's so fit and so intelligent and he's, he's so successful, so he must be right all the time. Right? <laughs> is it, not to interrupt you, but isn't what you just said, and it's absolutely true about Zuckerberg, everything you just right. said, isn't that Reminiscent of a society called the Nazis, of course, and of the course. the Ubermensch, you know, right, the right. Superman. I right. mean, yeah, oh well, my that's God. exactly what it is. So, but here and here's the last point. Isn't this this notion that we'll use Facebook, we'll use uh, Google, we'll use um, uh, Amazon to a lesser extent, we'll use them all to get closer to to God? Right, without using, of course, the unknowable, unseeable God, the God that doesn't exist, but nevertheless, to this utopian vision. Okay, yeah, that was tried before under the Tower of Babel, whether it's a myth or not. Right, we all know what how that ended. At the end of the day, this Tower of Babel concept always falls apart when you reach beyond what you beyond uh, what we humans are capable of, what we humans are supposed to be doing then you fall. Okay? The pride goeth before the fall, as they say. And, and this is where these entities don't get it. They, they fail to realize, listen, I'm just providing a service. In the case of Facebook, I'm, I'm allowing people to communicate with each other in a way that they couldn't before. I'm just providing ease of access. Thank you very much. I'm a utility in that way. Okay, no, no different than the telegraph was, no different than, than uh, the telephone later on was, no different than email, generally speaking, is. Uh, I'm just, you know, finding a new way to get people to communicate and express themselves. Right. That's all. And, we'll, and in exchange for giving you this utility for free, we'll harvest some data and show you some annoying ads, and it'll be a nice, yeah. easy thing. No big right. whoop, right? Yeah, fine. You know, like a Craigslist on steroids. That, that's yeah. basically what it is. So, okay. But instead, instead, they believe their own BS uh, of what the, they have a different purpose altogether, and that this is what they're really selling. They're they're selling utopianism. Really, Mark? <laughs> you think that? Okay. Well, just ask all the boys who tried that before. Okay, including Apple, including Microsoft, including everyone else. But, but more importantly, the ones that have come and gone. Yeah, leave yeah. Apple out of this yeah, because Apple's I actually believe in the, I'm part of their death cult, okay? <laughs> it's, it's in jobs we trust, okay? No, what, what, no see, see, the difference is with whether they have a secret agenda, I don't know. But, um, but I can tell you their products. What <laughs> I like awesome. about their products, they are awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but what they're selling is innovation. They do think different, but they're yeah. not pretending that they are going to change the world, okay? They... they they do make things, they just make things easier. They, they provide greater efficiency. They're in the business of efficiency. How about that? Yeah. Okay, I, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, but they're not and watching so, movies like Troy and becoming go- emperor gods. Exactly. And, and I wanted to throw exactly. in for a second, because you write about it in um, Atheism Kills, and we talked about it over and over again, and it just occurred to me, how much does what you just described of the moment of singularity and that entire utopian plan of Zuckerberg and all these technical oligarchs, how much does that resemble the wheel? Yeah. Isn't that odd? Yeah. Of, you know, the ancient Mayan culture That's of... Right. The great wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uncanny. Yeah. You know, we shall serve your needs. Yeah, driverless cars will take you to your job, to your home. You, know, right. you live, work, and shop in the, in the you know, planned community towers, obviating the need for you to ever travel again. We will bring you all information, all experiences through the AI you know, interface. Right. I right. mean, you know. Yeah. That's it. I, I, it's, it's creepy. It, it is creepy, and uh, they, 
it's their vision and only their vision yeah. that matters. And it would work great as long as we all cooperated. But you right, know, so there, hang on, there hang are on. people like you and I. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the problem. And as I say in my book, Atheism Kills, that you have the, the, the question always begs itself, which is who's utopia, right? right? My vision of utopia is very different than uh, Mark Zuckerberg's. Uh, my, my vision of utopia, for example, is that uh, people get, you know, th- their first priority is marriage and being good fathers and that they don't use drugs and that, and that abortion is not free and, and easy to get all the yeah. time. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that, that constitute my utopia, right? Uh, my utopia also is that the government get the freak off of our backs, and, the, and far less in the way of regulations, that they only provide for the military and, um, you know, for the police and for the judiciary and, and maybe and not much else. Yeah, and hip-hop music is more like Hamilton and less like two live crew. Right. That would exactly. be good. That's utopia <laughs> yeah, for me. That's utopia. Good, good example. <laughs> All right. Oh, I, I like this. I know you. I See, I listen. <laughs> I really I really care about you. Right. And, 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 our, and our utopias are, are maybe different. I'm vegan, as you know, and I'm not that – not that, by the way, not that I would ever make illegal <laughs> – and meat, meat production. I don't believe in that. Yeah. Okay, but nevertheless, it would be nice if everyone went vegan. That's my utopia. How about that? Right. And my utopia is, completely is, different. is not to outlaw veganism, but to raise field and fields of vegans, and I could hunt them on demand. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, where gun control so. <laughs> and veganism meet. <laughs> All right. So, so the point is that utopias, even even you know among among we conservatives. It looked different, right? And, oh, you mean we have diversity of thought? Yes. How about that? <laughs> that's the that's the big shocker. Yeah. Nowhere in the mindset of Zuckerberg, Larry Page, and so many others do they actually celebrate celebrate the diversity of thought. That that the, the notion that people can think differently is anathema to them. They can't get that. That is a, a an obstacle in their way of the great utopian uh, singularity that they seek. That's the problem. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.